Hi everyone, this is Simon Snouder. Welcome to my podcast series. I am going to invite thought leaders where we can all benefit from their knowledge. This is in addition of the masterclass series and the content that I share on my website and social media channels. Powered by Radical Thinking. Hello everyone, this is Simon Snowder. I am so pleased that I have my new guest for my fourth podcast, Pablo Ostrich, General Manager of Hoban Pass at Hoban Assets. Pablo, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have this chat with you here because we always talk about things and now we can do it also during a podcast. So my first curiosity will be, who is Pablo? Where are you from? What's your life story? Who are your parents? Where you're born? I want to know it all. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Pablo is a bit of a giveaway. You automatically know it's uh, you know some Latin, Spanish, uh, you know some bad connotations uh, there as well, mainly in, in Colombia. Uh, but no, I'm from, I'm from Spain. Uh, I sound English. I'm half English. Dad's English. Mom's Spanish. Um, they met in Germany. Um, I was born in London. Uh, grew up in Madrid. Big supporter of Real Madrid. And uh, then lived in uh, in France for a year, uh, studied in the UK, and I've been eight years here in Dubai, uh, which I absolutely love. And Dubai is uh, my new home, and it's you know how you and I have uh, met and have been doing business now um, for a few years. Okay, wow. So, so already in Europe, you have been placed around in different places, and um, so where did you stay in? Um, in France. In France, I lived in uh, Antibes, next to Nice. Okay, uh, that's a nice area. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, I did a, a whole year there uh, as part of my uh, sandwich course for, for university. And um, yeah, the summers, you know, you're on the Côte d'Azur, the winters, you're skiing. So um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Uh, home is Madrid, though. You know, I do have strong feelings and, and love for Madrid. Um, but you know the way I see the future. I'd love to spend eight months a year at least in Dubai, and you know uh, four uh, per year, maybe south of France, maybe Spain, maybe Italy. I think that's the the ideal lifestyle, particularly now with Zoom and with the technology that we have, where we can work remotely. Um, I just think that's a, a perfect setup. South Europe, yeah, Mediterranean. Yeah, Mediterranean to <laughs> be specific. Yeah. yeah, not not Holland where where you're yeah, from. It's yeah, a bit yeah, too yeah. rainy. Well, we've had, it's very hot. In Holland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are too tall as well in, in Holland. I, I, yeah. uh, I wouldn't fit in. <laughs> so you you already grew up early with, uh, with the expat life. And yeah. then you said you came here eight years ago. What brought you to Dubai? Why yeah. Dubai? Yeah. And, 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 and what made you decide to yeah. actually do yeah. it? Yeah. So I guess I was always, I wasn't an expat because I was living in Madrid, but I was always, you know, bilingual, bicultural. Um, I you know, speak three languages. I, I studied international business at university. Spanish, English, and? French. French, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. And uh, especially after a glass of wine, I speak, speak a lot better. Because <laughs> it's been like 10 years that I haven't really you know, practiced on a, on a daily basis. Um, but you know, I was always doing international business um, uh, you know, at university. Then I, I was meant to go to Singapore with a, a job in wealth management. Uh, and then I got one in, in Dubai. I did a graduate uh, scheme here. And um, and yeah, then around three years ago, uh, I, I you know fell into this opportunity. 
what I do now, uh, essentially. And um, now we do business everywhere in the world, centrally from Dubai, but you know, in Alaska, in China, in Colombia, everywhere. So. Yeah. So you're really at your at the top of your game now. Yeah, I, I, I feel that I'm doing what I was uh, meant to do. Yeah. Uh, generally, just um, I didn't expect to be quite so international because it really is worldwide. And Zoom is really, uh, you know, times this by 10 in terms of, you know, where we can do business. And before it was impossible, right, to do do a deal, let's say, with someone in Malaysia who you'd never met face to face, right? Yeah. People wouldn't even think it'd be possible. Um, but, you know, now it is, which is um, amazing. And, and, you know, so much opportunity out there. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, I want to know a little bit more about your life in Dubai. Um, can you tell me what were your top three experiences in Dubai, in Dubai and yeah. why? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, besides activities and, and things that you can do, right, like, you know, I, I, I drove my first uh, Ferrari uh, e experience um, and, you know, the, all these kind of Dubai things that, that you can do or, um, uh, you know, from a, like, a, you know, you can go and do wake surf or e-foil, you know, next to the marina, which is amazing particularly at 6 a.m. once the, the, the sun is rising behind the big buildings and you're just there on the water so peaceful um, so that's fantastic but does it, the whole Dubai experience for me um, represents uh, you know land of opportunity call it you know the American dream or, or something like this in the US uh, but, but really it is a place that you know if you work hard and um, you know you, you give it your best there's there's just a lot of opportunities here yeah uh, and and you know, it's a culture that rewards, uh, uh, you know, people who, who work hard. And th there's just so many stories of uh, whether it's entrepreneurs or, um, you know, uh, businessmen or whatever it is that, that have, you know, made their dream come true, started from nothing and, and you know, made uh, something. And, and I think that's maybe not as easy anymore in, I don't know, Madrid or, or, or in the UK. Um, I, I think here they, they do encourage um, you know, entrepreneurship, or, or th there's just more opportunity out here. I feel uh, maybe because they don't, you know, tax uh, the hell out of you as well. I mean, you know, all these things they're kind of pro business and pro uh, creation of wealth. Let's say so. For me, because uh, I'm, 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 you know, quite business uh, orientated, that that's uh, a huge uh, perk of, of the Dubai experience, right? Mm -hmm. and, and do you think that? This is something that uh, contributes to to your drive to come here eight years ago because you know now how it is now today. Yeah. But was that also the same way you thought it would be when you came to Dubai? Uh, I didn't have a clue, uh, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'd seen, you know, uh, Dubai on, you know, the, I'd seen the Burj Khalifa <laughs> the on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd seen some pictures, but I had no idea what to expect. Um, and uh, but you know, got an opportunity and kind of, you know, went for it. And, yeah. and you know, when I got here, um, I, I really wasn't being paid a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was getting, you know, my accommodation paid and let's say 4,000 dirhams a month. So, you know, there's not a lot you can do with 4,000 dirhams a month, right? You cannot do that, uh, that lifestyle. You can't do much, <laughs> right? And, you know, I, I was 22, right? And, and, you know, if you wanted to go out for, for dinner in Dubai, you can easily spend I don't know, 700 dirhams, 1,000 dirhams, right? Yeah. Um, so so that really wasn't an option, right? Spending 25% of your salary <laughs> on one meal. So, uh, but look, you're used to this student life uh, when I got here. So, you know, you just make the most out of it. And, and you know, when you're young, just focus on, 
uh, or learning as much as possible and, and on getting busy and, and, and working hard and then you know later on opportunities uh, come along right and you progress and yeah um, so that's good that's good <laughs> and and what do you like to do in your free time um, so I'm pretty obsessed with with paddle tennis. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about paddle. I've seen it. I mean, I, I play football as well, beside of squash. So yeah. it's squash is like yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah, and I see that they literally converted a football court <laughs> into, into a paddle court. Yeah. <laughs> into a paddle court. They're trying to monetize it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, super popular. It's not only here. Yeah, it's it's exploded. I mean, in Spain it's exploded years yeah, ago. Yeah, Netherlands uh, as well. Argentina yeah, and yeah. but you know, in Sweden and Italy, uh, in Italy and in, in Dubai, it's you know it's the most popular sport. I, I'd venture to say because. Uh, first of all, the, all the Emiratis are playing it because uh, Faza, uh, uh, you know, the, the son of the Crown Prince, plays paddle, loves it. He's got oh. his own uh, paddle courts in, in Nadal Shiba. I didn't know that. Yeah, so so uh, they absolutely love it. Now all the Emiratis love it, um, and uh, you know why not? It's such a good sport, and there's honestly they, they've made like I don't know if it's like 15 new um, indoor courts. Yeah, uh, in our coups. I think it's, the stat is something like they're opening 250 courts this year in Dubai it, it's it's mental Na name me like an area that they're building courts in in um, where offices in Barsha Heights you can just see outside the window just a normal hotel there's a uh, a paddle tennis court there uh, in in Dubai Marina Marina Gate there's a, a paddle tennis court it, it, it's everywhere so wow. absolutely love paddle uh, anyone who do doesn't know who paddle is um, and do you play it alone or two against two yes yeah, so it's two against two Okay, always um, two against two? Always two against two. It's really okay, easy to so play. it's a team sport as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it's really social. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, you can play with, uh, you can play mix, you can play with, you know, a lot of players are, you know, 50 years old, yeah. uh, 13, it doesn't really matter. So it's quite an inclusive sport. It's not terribly physically demanding. So I think that really helps uh, to, you know, just get a lot of interest and, and um, yeah, it's a great sport. Can't get enough of that. And then secondly, I... I I've always played chess <coughs> since I was a lo uh, little kid. Um, so, um, you know, I play chess online and... Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to play as well. Really? Yeah. There you go, we should play. I've what is chess your score online? <laughs> yeah. Uh, depends. I've on chess.com, like around 1,750, something like that. Okay, so, okay. So Not if it's around 2,000, I don't want to play you. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. Um, Did you I learn it from your father? Uh, I started to, yeah, I was kind of obsessed as a kid, it was weird, uh, like with the chess pieces. And I started playing since I was like five years old and I was ranked, I think in, in when I was 13 in Madrid, I was ranked like 15th. So oh, that, that's very good. So that's my claim to, to, to fame, fame. <laughs> as a 13 year old. I won, I won a few medals and a few, uh, you know, tournament championships or whatever. Um, but yeah, chess and football, I think you play football as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we, we're not Christian Ronaldo, but we just play, you know. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, but you know, when I was when I was younger, I was uh, very uh, HDHD, like mm. ADD, yeah. um, according to everybody around me. And then, you know, my father was told to, you know, do something about it. So he's like, okay, every day I'm going to play chess with you. And he had this old chess board, mm -hmm. which was um, handcrafted the pieces, yeah. big pieces. Yeah. And then he started with, um, like, he would not have, like, the queen and, the, and some other pieces. Mm. And then gradually, when I became better, he would add more pieces oh, right, okay. until he could not beat me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was so much fun because it was that moment that we had together for, mm. like, half an hour. And yeah. I was, like, very concentrated. Yeah. You know, yeah. I learned to focus. Yeah. 
and you know all my siblings said like you know you're the only one that had that one-on-one -on -one moment with my father with your, with jealous, your father yeah, yeah jealous but i was like okay yeah. yeah and then if you ended up beating him as well you probably remember maybe yeah. that, that moment or you know still but now he's doing it now with his grandchildren as well the yeah. same pieces amazing amazing yeah. amazing yeah i, I um, i've also got a very nice chessboard um, but I used to have it, you know, kind of open in, in, in the living room. Yeah. Uh, but ever since I, I got a cat, it's impossible because yeah. you know, the pieces. The queen is the enemy number one of the cat. It just, yeah. just <laughs> destroys the whole thing. So I can't have anything nice really in my apartment. Cause but it's inviting when you have guests and they see a chess piece yeah. and they are into chess, they're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, this, which is why I had it there in case you know. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody up, up accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. Know, right. Yeah. But now I can't even have it because uh, well, it just cat just destroys just, all the pieces yeah. but, but yeah we're gonna play after this yes 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 noted so what do you do at holborn for the people out there that don't know you yeah what is holborn pass yeah um how did you get into this yeah and and, and yeah so yeah how did i become uh, passport pablo maybe? exactly that's, that's how we know you passport pablo right, but right 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 so so you know, Holborn is a, is a global wealth management company with 17 different offices around the world. And, and mainly we, um, you know, advise clients on investments, insurances, real estate, that, that type of thing. So um, I had a couple of friends out here in Dubai who had their own companies uh, 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 advising on citizenship and residency by investment. And um, I was very interested from the beginning because, um, you know, they, they, uh, it's, it's a very interesting topic because essentially... It allows people to be free in the world, uh, move internationally, and, and really opens a lot of opportunity. Um, so, so I really looked into into the business and started collaborating with them. And um, quickly, I, I saw that it was really a win-win-win um, type uh, solution, right? Whereby uh, the governments that are offering these schemes uh, would attract a lot of foreign direct investment into their country. So a lot of money, a lot of jobs, a lot of wealth would be created into their, their economies. And really, at the end of the day, they're just selling the right to be in that country, right, or, or to have a passport, which doesn't really cost much, right? It's just a just just a right, right? It's just something intangible. Um, so it was a win for the the governments that are offering this. Um, it was a win for the clients because they would increase their ability to live worldwide. Their um, you know plan B from the home country, um, the visa free travel. Uh, you know, depending where you come from, you can be terribly restricted. Uh, in terms of where you can move, right? Just based mm -hmm. on where you were born, right? So, you know, we can't choose where we're born. We can choose nowadays where we want to do business, where we want to live. Um, and, and that's what the industry does, right? It gives people this possibility, this this freedom to be a worldwide citizen or to not to be constrained by what you were given at birth, let's say, right? So, as I said, win for the country, win for uh, the clients, uh, and, and also, uh, you know, it's a good way to, to make a living. So, yeah. Um, so, so I, I got started uh, like that. I did a, did a uh, started collaborating. I said with, with these other companies, and I, I, you know, suggested this to the uh, board uh, at Holborn. And um, so, tell me a little bit about the story before that. Like, okay. Like, how did you get the idea to pitch the board? Or how did yeah. that happen? That yeah. opportunity to pitch yeah. up because that doesn't happen every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, well, I kind of, you know, just having a conversation with with the uh, with the CEO, and, and I kind of just dropped it in as, oh, have you considered, you know, um, offering clients um, citizenship by investment solutions, um, and 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 he was like, oh, uh, tell me more. So, you know, I told him just for about ten minutes, something like this. 
Um, and he said, oh, yeah, it's very interesting, Pablo. Uh, thanks. And, and um, then I didn't really talk much with, with him again because in parallel I was, um, I, was, I was thinking of starting up my, my own uh, company to do this. And about three months later, when I'm pretty much good to go, you know, my website's ready, I've got all the agreements in place, I've, I've, you know, I really understand the industry, uh, and I'm good to go, I had another catch-up with the CEO, and, um, and, and he went, thank you so much, Pablo, that was a great idea, we're going to start <laughs> this, this, this opportunity or this business line with this other company. So I was like, oh, okay, well, hang on, <laughs> let, let me show you, look, I, 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 so I showed him, you know, the website and, and you know, showed him that, you know, I was going to start it as well. So we we're both going at it in, in parallel. And he said, okay, so look, why, why don't we, you know, do it together and actually do it internally for Holborn, as opposed to, you know, us outsourcing this to, to a different company. Yeah. So, um, you know, after, you know, around six months of negotiation, because things kind of move slow, but we got there in the end. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we got started. And, um, you know, it, it, it took a while to take off. COVID didn't help initially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then actually it helped a lot because, you know, even though people couldn't leave their homes, you can now talk to people in Alaska, in Colombia, in Brazil, in Russia. Uh, and we have, you know, a global product, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we just can track different people depending on their interest. So, um yeah, that, 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 we, we, it started slow, right? And then um, around, it took us about five months, really, to, to, to do our first, uh, our first deal. And uh, ever since that, it's really, you know, kicked off. And, and you know, now it's a, a, a big chunk of, of, of the company's uh, business lines. Yeah, which I think is a fantastic success because to start something from scratch is always very difficult, especially uh, if it's not directly related to the the same products that firm has. Although if you look at the underlying investments, like real estate and funds, that's very close with the business lines that right. from financial advisory firms has, yeah. have, such as Holborn. Yeah. Only the, the whole start point of a citizenship or exactly. passport, that's exactly. yeah. unknown. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, In, indeed, yeah, so, so we're familiar with the investment and, and what we do at Holborn is that we look at all citizenship programs, maybe from the wealth management point of view first, yeah. to try and find good investments, right? Uh, in addition to getting the citizenship and residency, right? So if you can make a good investment at the same time, then, you know, all the better, right? Yeah. So, so that's our niche and how we fit in, because most of the, the competitors, they're mainly, you know, more on the immigration side of things, and the investment is just a, a, a channel to get that desired golden visa or that, or that passport. Yeah, but that's actually, uh, I think, a key point on one side, because uh, often I speak with uh, clients and prospects and, you know, some of them are considering or will put their life savings into this program. Yep. And you cannot just put it in a black box. Right. I think it's a big responsibility you yep. have as an advisor to make sure that you make sure that they are doing the right asset. Correct. Investment. Correct. And also it, it will backfire to your reputation, I believe. Absolutely. If you do offer them something that doesn't work out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, people, uh, you know, this industry used to be really for the ultra high net worths, right? And, yeah. You know, and, and it was a lot more expensive back in the day. And, you know, a lot of the programs were Cypress for 2 million euros. And, you know, if you got a, a billion euros, then maybe you don't care about two, yeah. 2 million, right? But more and more, it has become a lot more affordable for a lot of people. 
And, you know, some of the countries in the Caribbean uh, started at $100,000. Uh, some of the European property investments start at 250,000 euros. So it's not just, you know, absolutely huge business tycoons anymore. It, it's, you know, um, normal families with that maybe come from a volatile country, a country where there's a lot, maybe some political uncertainty, let's say South Africa or, or, or Lebanon, uh, or a lot of countries in the Middle East as well. And, you know, this, as you say, it is a big responsibility because a lot of time it's a good chunk of, of their savings, right? Yeah. Putting 300,000, half a million euros. Um, it, it's a big chunk of their savings. But, um, you know, it's, it's an investment and, and, you know, we specialize in getting that a good investment as well. But it gives you something that no other investment can give you, right? Those intangibles of, you know, being able to have a plan B from your home country, right? Yeah. If, for example, there's an explosion, as, as we saw in, in, in Lebanon, or if there's, um, you know, outages, or, or, you know, pick a Lebanon, but it could be any country, right? Um, so, so having, you know, plan B, a second home, where you could just go and live maybe in, I don't know, in, in uh, Nice, where I was living, in the south of France, or, or in Madrid, or, or in Italy, in, you know, peaceful countries, um, with good healthcare systems. You know, a lot of people do it uh, for healthcare. They do it for um, so the kids can can study in European countries, right? At subsidised EU rates, because you know education for universities nowadays is is become outrageous. Nearly the, the cost that we see, you know, two hundred thousand dollars for a uh, I don't know a degree in in, in who knows in, in journalism, right? In in, yeah. in Columbia University, right? Um, well, you know, it's very tough to to really monetize that uh, later on, right? Because uh, unless you've got a job that <laughs> is going to pay you two hundred thousand um, dollars, you know, on a year basis, student loans at sky <sighs> sky high interest rates, which yeah. which are bankrupt, uh, yeah. exempt. Yeah, it, it, it makes. It, I don't think it makes sense. It, it doesn't it doesn't make financial sense anymore to pay that kind of money, unless you you know you're in the Harvard in in absolute you know top ten universities. But right? they are prejudiced because the statistics shows that they're far more likely to take. People with certain networks, certain backgrounds, certain race, right? Um, and and a normal person mm. um, is less likely to to actually get the scholarship there or to, yeah. to apply there, even if they have the money. They yeah. just want a certain criteria yeah. of successful people yeah. from successful families. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so, so you know, th there's. You know, why pay $200,000 in the US, maybe take out a, a loan, and say you've got three kids, right? Yeah. Take out student loans, uh, which are on the kids, right? So you finish university, you've got a loan of $200,000, which is increasing every year, and the, the income you're making from your job is pretty much paying off the interest, but you still have the, the capital to pay off. So, you know, why do that when you could, you know, spend 3,000 euros a year in Holland, right? Yeah. In Ireland, in Spain, uh, equally good universities, um, and you know, not you know, a mortgage yourself as a, as a young adult. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so I think I think the Americans have, you know, that that system will implode sooner than later. Yeah, is my belief. And it's also the Canadians that are charging a lot. The Australians, uh, very yeah. high fees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brits, it now it's yeah. increased a lot in yeah. the UK. Yeah. It's increasing exponentially there as well. Well. Uh, you know, a, a European passport gives you subsidized rates, like you said, yep. which can be anywhere between five to two and a half thousand euro exactly. per year, yep. which is a bargain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so people do it just for that sometimes. Yeah. I had a, a client today, uh, Jordanian uh, family, you know, he's got five kids. Five kids. In, and yeah. um, 
you know, that's, that's a million dollars, right? In tuition fees or, well, uh, a fraction of that yeah, into yeah. an investment yeah. and, and you're getting the money back anyway after some years. Correct, correct, correct. So, so there's a lot of side benefits to the investment, right? So even the investment can be good and, and, and uh, we, we do our best to, to make it a, a very good investment. Uh, but as I said, the, the studying, the, the healthcare, yeah. I, mean, I touched on, on the US already, but, yeah. um, you know, healthcare, is, you know, can be extremely expensive. In the US, it's, it's again, ridiculously expensive. And if you don't have the right insurance, you know, it, it, you know, it really is a matter of life and death, right? Yeah. In, in, in the US, and I don't know, I don't know what the price of a bypass surgery can be, but it's $150,000 or something But like the that. statistics are clear. Mm -hmm. Every Every year... Uh, around a million people go uh, medically bankrupt in the U.S. Christ, yeah. And that's a ridiculous high amount. If a you million, wow. Yeah, uh, if you compare that with any sizable yeah. country yeah. in Europe, for example, yeah. it's it's not even close yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. to, to that it's, it's uh, percentage. It's free, right? It's free. You know, um, uh, you know my, my, my father's been treated for, for cancer, for example, in, in the U.K. didn't pay a penny, right? Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, when you're... You know, say you're 70 years old uh, and in, you've had to get private insurance. That that's just crazy expensive, right? Yeah. So um, you know, this is planning towards the long term. It, it's it's a massive benefit to have, let's say, an EU um, uh, residency, an EU passport, and um, you know, maybe the other thing we haven't touched on is is on global mobility. So, you know, unfortunately, if you come from Yemen, you know, or if you're born in Syria and you have a, a Syrian passport or, or a Lebanese passport, um, you know, you can travel to between 28 to 40 countries visa-free, right? And most of these countries are small islands in the, in the Pacific or something, right? So um, really every time you want to leave your country to travel, you have to apply for a visa, which can be rejected for no reason. Um, it, it just takes time, you know. Imagine every time you want to travel, you need to... You know, take a month of planning before you can do something, right? So just having more freedom, because that, yeah. that's what it is, you know, freedom to travel, to do business, to, you know, go on adventure, uh, to see the world. Um, so that's what most of the Caribbean uh, country citizenships offer. It's, it's becoming a global citizen. And I was talking with a, with a businessman uh, some time back, and he said when, when I'm present at a closing deal, anywhere between 100,000 to 500,000 is signed off. He said, but if I send one of my guys, half of the times they don't come back with the contract because I'm the owner, I just know what to say, mm. and I close that deal 80% mm. of the time. Mm -hmm. He said, but I cannot fly out when there's a closing deal because uh, he, he had an Indian passport and some countries, most countries uh, need a certain process of, yeah. of his visa. He said, yeah. by the time that I have my visa, yeah. it takes me two or three weeks. Yeah. They're then gone. the deal is already yeah. not ready anymore. The yeah. iron is not hard to strike yeah, anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he wanted to do it just for that reason that he can jump on the plane, yeah. close that deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, absolutely, Be being able to, being, having the possibility to do that, not yeah. being restricted again by no fault of your own, right? It's just a matter of chance, right? Where you were born, yeah, and that conditions where you can travel, where you can do business, um, where you can open bank accounts, where you can open companies. So. Um, you know, these problems can all go away uh, yeah. with with uh, uh, the right citizenship, the right residency. And, and also protection. Uh, it's an, maybe an unwritten rule. Mm. If, For example, if you are a uh, European citizen 
you know, politically, it's very sensitive if you put people like that in, in prison. You know, the Correct. parliament will ask questions, governments will uh, meet, will knock doors, medias will write articles. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's not for everybody, of course, but some people out there. Yeah, yeah, no, a, a lot of time it's just having that plan B, right, from your home country. Yeah. A lot of time, you know, people want to carry on living in their home countries and, and, you know, they love their home country, right? But, yeah. you know, what if the situation doesn't get better, right? Uh, where do my kids go? Where do I go? Right, you know, so having that plan B in typically Europe or even even the US or you know a lot of developed countries yeah. uh, that have that political stability, that, that socioeconomic stability, um, you know, uh, and choice where to retire. The fun part as well. If you want to be at the beach right. or in the mountains in a country, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, you, take you know, pick you know, in, in Europe, yeah. right? You got twenty-seven countries to choose yeah. from. So. I don't know, where would you choose? You know, I, I would choose something with sun and mountains and lakes and a combination lakes. of different lakes, places okay. because I will not stay in one place. Yeah. I will have like three, three, four months somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm trying to think where, where, I mean, lakes, are, I don't know, maybe like Como in, in the north of Italy. Yeah, great, it's, it's beautiful. I've been there actually. Mm. I had a wedding there from a friend of us. Amazing. He was from Lake Como and obviously the wedding needed to be at Lake Como. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was born there. And yeah. But, for me, it's more about like I, I, most likely personally, I would not get a house. I would just stay in multiple places three or four months. So yeah. Then I need like three houses plus I need to travel. Yeah. But that's a different story. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm suggesting it to everybody out there because you yeah. know, mobility is great. Yeah. And yeah. you see new things. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the choice to have it. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know you, you can want to have it. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> another. You know, how do you actually carry that plan out, right? So you yeah. can't just go and live in a country because, um, you know, there's immigration rules, right? Yeah. So so you need to, you know, prepare and, and you know, have the ability to live in these countries, right? Yeah. So the golden visa is a, is a beautiful example of that where you can spend as long as you want in, in, in Europe, essentially. And this is the Portuguese program, right? Right, right. yeah. Can Portuguese. you tell us more about the Portuguese yeah, program, yeah. particularly because it's very popular, Yeah. there's a lot of demand for it, yeah. why is it in demand, yeah, yeah, and yeah, why yeah. is it popular? Yeah, well, I feel like a bit of a traitor promoting the, the Portuguese one because I'm Spanish, right? And yeah. Spain, we've got a, a golden visa program, uh, Portugal's got a golden visa program, uh, Greece has got a golden visa program, and, and there's a bunch of other, you know, sort of programs in, 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 in the EU, but these are the, the big three. Yeah. And they work in a similar way. You make a real estate investment, let's say, and, and you get uh, a golden visa, i.e. A, a temporary residency, which lets you live, work, do business in, in, in Europe and have the freedom of movement, goods, capital in the 26 Schengen countries, right? So they all get, give you the same thing, uh, which is that, that re EU residency. Um, however, the Portuguese one uh, is uh, probably our most popular uh, program and we're getting a lot of demand for, for Portugal because uh, you can do it for as little as let's say around 300,000 euros 280 is the absolute minimum you can do it uh, which which is you know quite attractive right uh, 280 is roughly you know 1.2 million dirhams you know so um, why not buy a property that gives you all these other benefits uh, compared to you know buy a property somewhere else where you you just have the investment right why not buy a property make a good investment, and also get all the benefits of healthcare, education, mobility, um, you know, uh, low tuition fees, et cetera, et cetera. So Portugal ticks all those boxes, besides being an, an amazing country, um, 
you know, very similar to Spain, but I think 70% of the population speak English. It's the most welcoming country in the world for expats. Three years in a row has been voted the best retirement destination worldwide. It has the lowest cost of living in Western Europe. Great food, great wine. Um, you know, everyone kind of loves Portugal generally who, who, who goes there. Um, it just has a, a great combination of, of multiple factors, low taxes, you know, um, that they encourage people. There's a lot of Dutch <laughs> like, like you who, who uh, end up going to Portugal because, uh, you know, say you're retired and you're paying 45% tax on your pension, you just go and live in Portugal and pay 5%, right? So, yeah. you know, you just doubled your, uh, your purchasing power. So I actually have clients there sitting now <laughs> for their retirement. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and why wouldn't you? And, yeah. and, and, you know, eventually the way the world is going and um, where people have the choice to go and live in different places as long as they fulfill different criteria, you will go wherever they treat you best. Yes. Right? So if they, you know, you could have gone to, or the Dutch, you could have gone to Italy, right? But in Italy they don't have that It's difficult. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Spain. Spain's the opposite, right? Yeah. You know, if you have money, you've accumulated, you've made money in your life, we, we, we come and get you, right? We, we yeah, taxation we, is horrible there. Exactly. So, so that, that's another reason for so citizenship. There's a lot of Americans who are looking to, you know, if you live outside of the US, right? Say you're living in, in Dubai, you've got a US passport, and you've got to pay, I don't know what it is, say 40% tax on any earnings above 100 or whatever it is. You're an asset to to the U.S. government, but you're not necessarily reaping the the rewards. And if you're never going to go back there, then you know why the hell are you paying forty percent tax? So yeah. so we, we've got a few American clients that that are looking to renounce their citizenship. They want to obtain a different citizenship because you know maybe they're never going to go back to the U.S. and and you know they don't want to pay taxes on their worldwide income. Um, I mean, it's very famous for you know a lot of yes you know Bitcoiners or people with cryptocurrency who. Um, well, we have hundreds of thousands or millions or how much money they have and um, you know they're going to have to pay a, a capital gains tax on this right in the US of I don't know if it's 28% so you know if you don't live in the US and you've got nothing to do with the US and this is your money you know nowadays if you don't have a US passport instead of paying 40% tax mm -hmm. on that growth that you've made you know you could pay zero so you know go wherever they treat you best yeah so Portugal is, is, is definitely on the on the popularity list because of a variation of reasons mm. like taxation and uh, cost of living, nice weather, they treat you well, it's in Europe, European Union, all these things combined. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about the change in the program that is happening now? Because from 1st of Jan, the degree is already being uh, approved by the government. Correct. There will be a big yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a new left-wing government in Portugal that's looking to uh, channel the golden visa investment into the rural areas of Portugal, the mountainous areas, as opposed to Lisbon, Porto, and the coastline, which is where typically all the investment goes. Right? If you want to yeah. make a good real estate investment, then you you go for the you know the the the, the cities w w which have all the good factors for a, a real estate investment. Right? In terms of you know being being liquid, being able to uh, capital appreciation or rent that property out. So what's happening first of January is that these areas will no longer qualify for residential real estate, and we will only have left the as I said the rural areas, the mountainous areas, um, with with small cities, typically less than 100 inhabitants per square kilometer. That that's the definition of, of low density in Portugal. So, um, you know, if you want to make a good investment, the time to do it is now. Um, after next year, uh, we'll still be able to do it. And, you know, we will find, you know, 
you know, investments, but they won't be naturally as good as they are today because, you know, the, the areas where we can buy residential property will be very different. So, um, so, so there's that that's happening for residential property. So area is, is changing. And then prices are increasing across most of the other categories, the opening up a business, investing via funds, um, putting money into a bank account is all going up to like half a million or 1.5 million. So, yeah, it, it's um, yeah going to be more expensive and not as attractive uh, an investment. Okay, so just to to summarize, so for a fund, for example, from three hundred fifty thousand, the minimum will be five hundred thousand. Exactly. Two hundred eighty thousand for low density to three hundred fifty thousand if it's a, a thirty years or older building. Right. And five hundred thousand if it's not thirty years old, so everything new built. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just the, yeah, mainly around that, and then the the um, opening up a business and uh, you know he's going up from three fifty to half a million and creating five jobs. So yeah, all increases and worse locations. So yeah. Plus, the locations are not going to be anymore in Porto and Lisbon. Right. Yeah, yeah. which are the the two biggest cities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, uh, and I think we, we know these changes, especially you, because you're in it. And yeah. you're, you're trying to make people wear with a flag, like, guys, watch out. Yeah. You know, you're getting to get the same benefit, but you need to put more money in. Correct. Yep. You know, yep. I'm not trying to sell you. This is a fact. You used to the, the law. Yep. Um, if you want to make a decision, make it now. Yep. Um, yeah. What can you say to those people that, that, that don't believe you? Yeah. Well, look, the... Um, the deadline is really, really helping, right? There's nothing like a deadline to get people's act together and, and uh, people to um, stop procrastinating and get it done. So, so we, we've had unprecedented demand uh, for, for the Portuguese Golden Visa and everyone who's considering it has, has you know, taken a decision whether to do it or not. Um, and, you know, um, sometimes that, that's the what you need, right? It's a deadline to, to just get your act together and, 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 and get it done. So from our side... Yeah, it's more been the opposite, right? It's, we just had so many people do it, and and we're super busy from Lebanon, from South Africa, from UK, because now UK goes with Brexit. Uh, Brits can't access the EU. From the US, from uh, Mexico, from Colombia, from Malaysia, uh, literally all over the world. Yeah, actually, funny enough, you're saying Brits because Brits also need to apply mm. now for residency, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, so Brits can't just go and live in Spain anymore. Right, uh, you can't just go and live in Italy or in France, and you know no one would have thought that five years ago. Well, I think Brexit's nearly been going on about for about five years. It seems such a long time, but you know people just assumed you could just go and live in Spain, right? Yeah. And, and how many Brits live in Spain? Is it in the coast? It's, it's crazy, or, or um, and and now um, you know if you're a Brit and you want to retire to Europe, you can't just you know jump on a plane and do it. You really have to plan ahead. Um, and get some sort of residency uh, to, you know, complete your your yeah. dream of, you know, not retiring in the rain. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. So this is also a reason why also new countries will be part of the category of people looking at residency and passports. Mm -hmm. and, and how do you see the passport industry going forward? Because there used to be programs in the past mm that are not available anymore. Yeah. I always say the most popular programs always have a lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. And then they are gone. Yeah. Yeah. How what do you see happening in the industry now? Yeah. 
Well, it depends. You know, you've got the same kit, citizenship by investment program that's been going since 1984 and, you know, still going today. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you have some that's been around for, for ages. Dominica has been around for a long time. Um, but these are not the most developed countries in the world. No, you know, these are small islands in the Caribbean, you know, um, that, that really depend on passports to help build schools and, and, and roads because, you know, a lot of times, you know, hurricane demolished, you know, all of Ant all of uh, Barbuda, right? Uh, or Dominica was, was, you know, a hurricane demolished half the island as well. So, you know, a lot of times these islands, you know, their export is their passport. And because they're Commonwealth country, they, they, they can travel to typically 130 to 155 countries visa-free mm -hmm. uh, if you hold one of their passports. So, you know, for Dominica, I think, you know, passport... Um, mm. revenue, I think it's like 35% of the GDP. Wow. Right? So um, a lot of times this money is going to, you know, to, to help governments rebuild. You know, yeah. it said Barbuda got completely demolished and everyone went into Antigua. So, um, you know, these programs re really help out. Other programs, for example, uh, you know, maybe one of the more, uh, let's say, controversial ones because it was for the ultra high net worth in, in Cyprus, which um, closed down last November. Um, you know, that's no longer available for Hungary, for anyone who wants it. permanent residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they chop and change. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're at the mercy of, of governments changing their minds, right? So, you know, if you're in the program, you're in. But yeah. if they, you know, the Portuguese government is, is changing it now in January. Malta government changed that last year. Um, you know, Spanish government could choose to close the program tomorrow. Yeah, right. but just to be clear, because yeah. people need to understand that if you're in the program, you're in the program. Right. But if they change the rules, they always set a deadline date. By this time, new people will not be able to apply for it. Right. Because right. a lot of people always have this fear, like, what if they change the rules? Yeah. Yeah, that's for the new people that apply correct. for it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. They can't change something retroactively. Right? Exactly. In, in it's just not, not, not possible. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, uh, we, we take advantage and you know, it's a lot of work to understand the law correctly uh, in, in all these different countries. We operate in 18 different countries. So right? tell me more about how that works, like what happens behind the scenes? Yeah. Because, you know, wh when we call you in, Pablo, you know, the passport guy, <laughs> we don't know what happens behind the scenes. You're talking with solicitors, immigration yeah. experts, um, uh, banks, yeah. uh, governments. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so so we, we make what's a relatively you know, complicated process dealing with different governments and, you know, different time zones, different um, uh, even government entities within one country, right? Because different, you know, uh, parts of the ministries have different things to do. Um, and, you know, dealing with banks, internationally is a nightmare, um, accountants, lawyers, developers, governments. So we deal with all these parties on behalf of our clients. Our clients deal with us and we make their life as easy as it can possibly be um, to, to get their residencies and their citizenships. And nowadays with Zooms, digital signatures and couriers, you know, we can get, you know, approved in nearly all of these countries remotely, right? You can do it from, from your living room, right? Which is uh, amazing. amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it's amazing how much, you know, COVID has helped, um, you know, optimize, digitalize processes and... Um, yeah, you know, obviously it's come with all sorts of <laughs> horrible problems, um, but um, at least this part of it has, has been has been good. So we've seen a, a big improvement since COVID in the industry. Yeah, in terms of digitizing everything, yes, yeah. there's, been, there's been delays, right? As you can imagine, the government shutting down and and all of that. Um, but long term, I, I think it will be, I think it'll be good for for every 
every business is digitalization. And my last question for you for the podcast of today would be, which country would you like to offer a citizenship program which is not in the list right now? Like create a new one? Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I'd love for, for well, I'm, I'm Spanish, I'd love to, to sell Spain, but I, I know that will never happen, right? So maybe I'd just, you know, um, you know, create my own country in, you know, find an island, buy an island somewhere, you know. In <laughs> the Pablo Escobar Island. <laughs> yeah, actually, there, there was, I don't know if you've seen that, there's this documentary on, yes. on Netflix, right, the Fire Festival. Yeah. And apparently they tried to set up this festival in yes. what used to be Pablo Escobar's yeah, island yeah, yeah. and completely failed. And they created this luxury event, you know, advertisers, you know, extremely expensive. People spent tens of thousands of dollars to come to it. And I've seen it. It was, a, yeah. t- it was, you know, there was nothing there. It was, it was, yeah. uh, it was hilarious. So, um, yeah, the Pablo Ostrich island. Um, and, um, you know. Uh, but if you need to choose <laughs> from an existing country now, because the island will come, I know, uh, one day. Yeah. But if, if you, what would be a country where mm. you'd be like, wow, mm. if they would offer a passport mm-hmm. program, yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I went to Colombia and I absolutely loved the, the country. And makers, you know, I speak Spanish and, and yeah. you know, that really helps. But, um, you know, Colombia was, was, was a I don't know. <laughs> I know you know Pablo Escobar, and now uh, you, you mentioned this, and I mentioned Colombia, but you know it's one of my, my favorite countries. I, I absolutely loved it, um, and there's you know so much to offer in, in, in that country. And it's a shame that you know it hasn't been run particularly well, mm-hmm. but uh, there's I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and it, it's just such a wonderful country. So I think it, with the right regulation around the country, it could be incredibly attractive for people mm-hmm. to go and live there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you've got everything, you've got mountains, you've got the coast, you've got, um, you know, loads of culture there. Um, the, you know, they've got the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, Medellin is amazing. Um, Bogota, Cartagena, Cali, the, the, the whole whole country is, is, is wonderful. So maybe, you know, we could create a citizenship program around uh, Colombia. Uh, uh, and But we just need to create all the legislation right around it and, yeah. and all the right uh, things. But... You know, other than that, really, Portugal really is, um, it just ticks a lot of boxes for Americans, for Chinese, for Brits, for South Africans, for Lebanese, for pretty much for everyone, right? It, it's, it's just such a great country um, for all the things that we've discussed. So, Fantastic. Pablo, thank you so much for coming to my podcast and for sharing your knowledge and your experience with us. And it was my pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Cheers.